Welcome to Market Scale Building Management. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Today, I have the opportunity to have a conversation with David Trask. David is the National Director for Facilities and Safety for ARC Technology Solutions. David, how are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you. So, uh, you you live in a very interesting uh, universe. Uh, your day-to-day <laughs> is basically emergencies, and that... That has to be incredibly stressful. So I'm going to try and make this as as painless as possible. <laughs> how I just want to start off, just psychologically, how do you manage the stress of dealing with emergencies on a constant day to day basis? Just personally. Well, the challenge is well, and you know, I guess I want to make sure that we're on the same page here, and that is. I work with companies and organizations around the country and I teach education sessions about safety, emergency management and how people are better managing the documentation associated with that. The challenge is it's all over the board. Folks are are managing different things, uh, different ways. There isn't really a standard. So the challenge is just that. It's trying to identify what everybody's doing and how they're managing it. But again, there are a lot of inherent challenges with that inconsistency in all the different uh, markets. So whether it's a school district, whether it's a university, a municipality, uh, oh my goodness, uh, any kind of city, uh, it's all over the board. The challenge is how do I get information in the hands of my folks and outside first responders when it counts? That's the challenge. You get a a sense of positivity then because you're actually on a daily basis you're able to help find solutions and provide solutions before the actual emergencies happen and you get that feeling of okay I know I've helped them prepare as much as I can so that has to be a a very fulfilling day to day it is it is and I I come from a proactive versus a reactive uh, standpoint You, you shouldn't have to dig to find the information that you need And that's the challenge is information tends to live in binders. It lives all over the place. Uh, A certain number of folks in my organization may or may not know where that information is. Well, the challenge is it's not on my phone. Some of the education sessions that I teach, uh, well, most of the education sessions that I teach, the first question I ask the audience is, can I get a show of hands who's got a smartphone? And everybody, of course, raises their hand. And then my very next question is, keep your hand up if anybody has their safety and emergency program on their phone and everybody puts their hand down. There's a disconnect, a huge disconnect. Let's go into into that topic for a minute, because emergency is a very large term. And you mentioned that each business has a different type of emergency. They have their different needs. Are there some issues that businesses express that are common across all industries? There certainly are. Training is one. Um, How many times, you can never train enough. So whether you're doing tabletop trainings, whether you're doing active active shooter drills, or you're doing just simple fire fire drills, you can never train enough. Um, That's the challenge. One of the other challenges is access to information, especially if I have multiple, multiple buildings. And let's, let's kind of think about that. So say I'm a, uh, a school district, for instance, and I've got different, uh, I've got different schools all over a city or over a county or whatever. Are they all doing it consistently the same way? So for instance, I've got a first responder that rolls up to my building. 
Are they all trained to do it the same way, meaning the school give uh, and correspond and communicate directly with those first responders at each site the exact same way? The other challenge is, are they even involved in the beginning? Meaning, are the first responders involved in those emergency programs? In many cases, the answer is no. Yeah, the lack of consistency could be a critical failure in a situation like that. Oh, certainly. Certainly. The consistency, um, equally important, is the ability to share information out, like I said, not only with my team, but also with the first responders. It's equally important that I get a floor plan in the hands of a first responder uh, as it is my team so they know what to do. Well, when the first responders roll up, they're blind. They have no idea what the internal layout of my building is. So there's there's that. There's also who do I communicate with? So internally, who do I communicate with? What's that hierarchy? Also, who do I or how do I communicate and actively communicate to first responders when an incident happens as well? So again, it's a communication breakdown in many cases because think about when you drill, it's not a live incident. So people aren't thinking straight when it's a live incident. It's real time. You've got to react fast. So it should be just re, it should be a proactive approach through training, a proactive approach that I have all of my information on my phone, for goodness sakes. So then I can react and I'm just being able to react in an intelligent manner. Tell me about the response that you get from businesses when you point out maybe changes they need to make or things that they're doing well? Sure. I think the biggest thing that most organizations provide feedback on is they want mobile technology. So because we're in a mobile world, everybody should have it on their phone. Everybody should have it on their device, no matter where the heck they are. So mobile is number one where everybody needs to go and where everybody wants to go. The challenge is they don't know where to start. Keep in mind, everybody that you're going to talk to or anybody that you talk to now is typically using it in a paper format. They've got binders, for goodness sakes. They've got flip charts. So having that access on my phone, that's top of mind. The other thing that's top of mind, too, or look at the news. I mean, it's it's what's happening every single day. Our world has changed. So to give an example, active shooter, it's almost one every two weeks now. Okay, that's just since January of this year, one every two weeks. So that is top of mind. You've also got all the other threats that are out there and it's changed because we wouldn't even be having this conversation 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Now, active shooter is top of mind for everybody. Well, they need to ask themselves, are we ready? And that's the challenge. I, I, I think it's a, it's a huge gap in everybody's emergency program is identifying, are you ready? Just that simple question, are you ready? And the answer in many cases is no. Is the fear of getting that answer something that prohibits companies from asking that question in the first place? I think it is. And I also think that, again, it goes back to they don't know where to start. They just don't know what to do. And that's through education. I think it's it's educating themselves, attending conferences, uh, listening to podcasts, listening to webinars, really getting out there and identifying what are some of the different things that we are doing well, and then identify, identifying what those gaps are and really figuring out how to plug those gaps. And I think it's a, it's a mind share. It, it very much so is leveraging what other folks are doing really, really well 
and being able to put that into practice for themselves. Emergency management is such an all-encompassing term. There are so many varying degrees of emergency management. Um, there is an immediate emergency, as you mentioned, active shooter or uh, maybe weather, you know, hurricane or, or terrorism. Uh, and there are other levels of emergency management, um, maybe structural integrity of a building. You've also dealt with succession planning right. within a company, within an organization. That's such a wide spectrum of attention to detail. It certainly is. Um, you've got, like you mentioned, not just the catastrophic type events. You also have the day-to-day -day type of events, too. I mean, pipes burst, uh, fire, uh, gas leaks, all of the day-to-day -day stuff that may happen on a more regular basis than an earthquake or uh, a hurricane. But it's what do you do right now to react about getting to that information, being able to respond to that, that type of an event fast. So again, it's a time thing. It's, I'll give you an example. I met with a, uh, uh, emergency manager at a, a prestigious university. And he said, if I'm looking for a binder, it's too late. He has to be able to go out there and, and be able to just react in an intelligent way instead of running back to his office that is clear across campus and being able to find information to go out and, and mitigate a, a, a problem that's happening. And in this case, he was talking about a, a water incident. So rather than run out and, and try and figure out, you know, back to his office, try to figure out, you know, where the shutoffs were, he just goes out on site. He just goes and tries to figure it out. Now, he happens to be one of a handful of folks that, that knows where all these shutoffs are. But the, the question I always pose back to somebody is, what if you're not there? You're one of a handful of folks that knows where stuff is. That, that's, the, that's an underlying problem, too. The other challenge with, uh, with, with being able to, if my building burns to the ground today, what is my continuity plan? So... I think one of the biggest problems that folks run into as well is offline access. So even if I have it on my phone or, you know, when I'm online or I, I've got Wi-Fi or I've got cell connection, it's being able to access the information offline. So it's my continuity plan is not going to do me any good if it's in the building that just burned to the ground. So having offline access is, is equally important. So having a local, being able to sync it locally onto whatever device I'm on is, is, is a big deal. You used a quote there that I really liked. If I'm looking for a binder, it's too late. The best way and the, the smartest way to deal with an emergency is before it actually emerges. Correct. You're very proactive. That has to give you a very clear focus every day when you walk into the office. Correct you're in you're in solution mode from the time you walk into the office but you're probably in solution mode from the moment you wake up in the morning i would dare say you probably would never consider a burned pancake an emergency <laughs> you have a you have the ability to put everything in perspective so i want to i want to turn this to the personal side for a moment sure. as someone who deals with literal catastrophic by every definition of that word emergencies how has that affected your personal perspective on life day to day? Oh, that's a great question. And uh, I'll reference uh, a little bit of personal about about me. Um, my my father has been a, a first responder for 46 years. And 
this really, really stemmed from my passion for emergency management and safety really stems from several conversations I've had with him over the last few years. And it was, I, I just asked him point blank, when you roll up to a building, what do you have? And he said, I am blind. I don't know when I roll up to a building, if it's an active shooter, or if it's a fire or any kind of catastrophic type event, I don't know what's what's happening on the other side of that door when I roll up to that building. He doesn't know the layout of that building. So for me personally, it, that that was a, a flip side of that, putting my sh myself in the shoes of a first responder is first responders are equally blind. Whether and equally uh, uh, ignorant of what my my particular uh, emergency program is. So what happens is they're reactive as well. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. I think, and I come from this from a holistic approach. Is we need to be able to everybody react and everybody be able to help. I mean, I think it's it, it's in our nature. It's in our DNA to want to help people. But at the same time. We need to be able to do it in an intelligent way and be able to share information, be able to, to communicate. And for me, that's, that's the passion behind this is being able to, to really truly help people better, uh, put themselves in the shoes of my staff, put this, themselves in the shoes of the first responders and be able to, to really mitigate damage or even possible risk of life for goodness sakes. You know, there's an awful lot of corporate security. In, all around the world. It's a, it's a huge focus and proprietary information, but it doesn't seem to me that the way your building is constructed should really be proprietary information. It seems like that should be something that is available, something that is accessible to first responders, maybe some sort of um, uh, community or statewide or statewide or nationwide database. Um, of of information of constructions and stairwells and obviously that information is very sensitive but as you mentioned it's critical to to mission success when it comes to an emergent situation you have to have access to that information how do you approach that i mean that's a big challenge well there are some privacy concerns as well so again i'll give you a few examples of of you're spot on but there are some privacy concerns, but the challenge is, if you think about it, um, I was at a trade show a few months ago and there was a prison system that actually came through and, and, and came up to me after the, the education session and said, you know, our concern is, is we don't want, uh, you know, we don't want our plans in the hands of the inmates. You know, it's like giving the keys to the inmates, so to speak. And I said, well, but think about that. They said that we, we have all of our information is all within our own network. I said, yeah, but you're also a public entity. So when you went out to bid for your different projects, where did you post those drawings of your building? Well, they posted them on a public bid site. So it's not like all this information is, is under lock and key all the time. If they go out for a public bid, it's public record. Well, think about every time you go out for a project, on your building, or you're going to build a new building, you, you put in for permits. So again, it's keeping your information locked down is, is not always the case. You're still going to people, if they really want to get information about your building, they can find it some way, somehow. But I think 
one of the biggest challenges is it's not just about getting access to that information. It's about the distribution of that information and you hit it spot on. I feel personally, I feel like first responders should be able to access information about buildings, no matter what building it is. Now, there are some, again, some, some privacy and some security issues surrounding that. But even if you can't have constant access to it, the ability to be able to find access to that or you being able to grant access to that first responder before they roll up to your building is key. It's almost like providing them with a gate code to your apartment complex for for a really crude sort of analogy. Correct. Uh, but they don't need that until they're en route. Correct. But you want them to have access, obviously. It's and it seems like the the concept of surety from a proprietary standpoint of our building is really more an illusion of security. It's to make the building owner or the tenant it's to make them feel more secure when in reality it actually puts them in danger. It certainly could. All right. So for the last question today, you, David Trask, you have one wish. And you cannot wish that there are no emergencies because obviously that's too that's too apparent. <laughs> what one change, either technological, psychological, if you could get just one thing to be an available tool to you, what's going to revolutionize your entire approach? Mobile technology. Having access to everything that I need for my building, whether it's day-to-day -day operations, whether it is emergency information, it's mobile technology along with being able to share that information from my phone to my team, whether it's training information, everything surrounding my building should be on my phone or my mobile device. That is where everybody is, meaning everybody, everybody has a smartphone. Everybody's using mobile now. If your program is not on your phone, why not? That's the question. Why not? So that's where I feel the industry completely needs to shift and everybody needs to embrace that. Well, I will keep my good thoughts for you as you continue this this fight, this challenge. And I want to thank you for taking the time. Today, I've had the privilege of having a conversation with the National Director for Facilities and Safety for ARC Technology Solutions, David Trask. David, thanks so much. I know how incredibly busy you are. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. This has been really fascinating. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.